Welcome to the Restart Podcast. I'm Dave Pickering and I make podcasts and I spend most of my life online, but I've got no idea how to fix anything. But I've been invited to a party. It's called a Restart Party. And this party might just help me to understand the technology that I use every day and all the time. But what is a Restart Party? A Restart Party is a pop-up community repair event where skilled volunteers help people diagnose and repair their broken electronics. They are organised by The Restart Project, who are a London-based charity and social enterprise whose mission is to spark reflection and change in our relationship with gadgets. Each repair poses its own challenges, not just technical ones, but other challenges involving the way we think about electronics and the way that we think about society in general. Speaking of which, let's start today's show with an example. So what's the problem you're experiencing with the printer? One of the, the color cartridges is low and that impedes to print even in black. So even if I said I just want to print just in black, it doesn't allow me to do It doesn't that. do that. Right. Okay. Are these all the original cartridges? Yes. Okay. But the thing is that just one color is not working. Out of four, the black is full and, and you, you know cannot print anything. Absolutely. Printers, uh, the way often their software works is that they're designed to take a little bit of the colors to print even when you're printing just black and white. And if you look at a printed page with a magnifier lens, you'll start seeing that there are some bits of colors, which is crazy and it's one of the ways that printer manufacturers make a lot of money wasting your ink that you don't really need. So let's have a quick look and try to see what could be the solution. That was recorded at a recent restart party. I've been to a few of them now and I'm still developing how best to capture them in audio. For the first episode of this podcast, I spoke to the people behind Restart. We are trying to use our practical events to get people to think about a different way to consume altogether and a different relationship with the manufacturers of the products that yeah. we use. At a time when people are just obsessing over the mm -hmm. circular economy and finding new values. But are streams. people really obsessing? I mean, companies may be obsessing about the circular economy, but True. I think like you don't, or maybe the odd politician, but most people you know, aren't thinking on those terms. Businesses obviously are in a difficult position as well. We recognize that because when everything else is changing around them, they need to find new ways to survive and yeah. uh, they're stuck still They're very stuck. In a model where, you know, they have to sell X million devices of this kind and the next year they need to make tiny changes. So but in a way, it's, it's, it's not like... It, the conversation always seems to shift onto the designers. It's like, oh, the designers need to do better, you know? But it's, it's much bigger than designers. It's at a leadership level, you know? It's, a, it's the marketing departments. It's everybody is, is really stuck in this throwaway mentality. So I don't know about you, but that sparked two questions in me. Firstly, I wanted to know what is a circular economy? And secondly, I wondered what a designer might have to say about sustainability and obsolescence. 
So, I went to speak to a product designer. So my name is uh, Barry Wadilove, and uh, I'm primarily a product designer. So the majority of the work that I've done has been product design of uh, consumer products, regular products that you'd get in the home. The rest of this episode, we'll try and answer those questions, and we'll also dip back into the restart parties following the attempts to fix that printer and talking to a few more people looking to fix their broken technology. This looks like a fairly new printer, right? Yeah, it was a wedding gift. <laughs> a wedding gift? A wedding gift. <laughs> From our flatmate. The circular economy is about waste nothing. You shouldn't waste anything. When, you, when you're creating something, there's, there's value in all of the things that you bring into the factory. So why would you want to throw those things away? So in the same way that we talked about customers throwing away things that they use... Similarly, in factories, the various things that people buy into the factory in order to make the thing shouldn't be wasted. They shouldn't be thrown away. So even water that has been toxified during the production process can be detoxified and reused again. And arguably, because resource prices are fluctuating considerably and because the massive growth that we, we see in Asia affects our own markets in terms of the price that we pay for materials, how much that price fluctuates. There is value in looking at everything that comes into a factory and thinking carefully about, okay, how can we get the maximum benefit out of each of these things that we're bringing in? The key point is that a circular economy is about growth. It, it's about monetary growth in the sense of making as as much money as possible from each unit of production. Right. So instead of making lots of stuff, pushing it out the door and have people just throw it straight into landfill, it's about each time you make something saying, okay, how can we get maximum value from each of these things that we're selling? And that's what I'm talking about in terms of the relationship between the brand and the customer and making that an enduring relationship so that the brand remains strong and so that the customer remains happy about their relationship with that brand and why they bought into that brand in the first place. Yes, resources are used to provide those services, but the resources are used cleverly so that you're always continuing to to take value from from the original materials as opposed to just throwing them away and then you lose the value once you once you throw those materials away they're in landfill they're sitting on a hill somewhere and nobody's getting any value from them obviously this one shows that you have low ink different versions of the software that you you use it with it might give you different results let's just have a look what happens if you try to print a test page and what what attracted you to, to to product design i enjoy making things i like to think about what the future might be how how we could live in the future and how things could be better my mum is finnish she's scandinavian and her mum was an architect and as a result we had kind of nice finished bits and pieces around the home. I think that probably had enough kind of influence on my interest in design and and the design of objects and 
things that endure as well. Yeah. What does a product that endures mean to you? Like, how long do you think a product should endure for? I think a lot of people have the expectation when they buy a product that it's going to last. And they think that they're buying something because it's going to make life convenient and more enjoyable for them. And it'll be something that they'll always have to do whatever the purpose of that product is. Right. So there's a functional endurance, but there's also kind of an emotional endurance. And I think that a lot of designers try to create products that make a connection with the buyer, that they not only like it when they first see it, but they may also grow to love it as they use it. And, and part of the goal is that, yes, it needs to be visually appealing, but every aspect of the use of that product needs to be easy, simple to understand, successful in terms of doing the jobs that you need it to do, easy to maintain. And the likelihood is that if it's all of those things, people will use it more and become more attached to it, and they'll think of it as this is a really useful thing that you know, that I'd recommend to my friends and uh, show to my family and, and is a useful part of my life. Right. Uh, what's wrong with your feed processor? Uh, basically, the power is on, but sometimes it comes on and sometimes it doesn't. It's been working well, and it just one particular occasion while I was in the midst of using it. I use it quite a bit, so right. I like, to, like it to be fine. It's quite an old machine, I guess. It is. Yeah. Six, seven years old? Six or seven years. But these things do last a long time. I mean, something a little bit here and there, if it's tweaked, then it, you know, it's good for another six years. In general, I don't like throwing away things. I think that there's been an awful lot of design geared to selling products fast. And often it's about, you know, that fleeting moment of the point of purchase and just convincing somebody to take something off a shelf. I know that a lot of people buy products, don't use the product much at all, and then may even throw it away if it becomes redundant in some way. And sometimes that's to do with the product not being fashionable anymore. It might be to do with the product breaking very quickly, or it might be that the software becomes obsolete. There are many reasons that people throw things away, but it's creating a a huge amount of landfill that's a, a really big problem and it's not just the problem of landfill it's the fact that all of those materials and all of that effort that's gone into creating the product is being abandoned and arguably there's still a lot of value in the actual materials themselves or in the product if it was just fixed or or if it was serviced or if there were ways to keep these products going then people would have a better relationship with their products, I think. They don't have as much of a connection with products as they used to, so there's less of an inclination to try and keep something. What have you brought in to get uh, fixed today? I've brought in my hair straighteners. Right. Only they're clearly not for me. They're my daughter's. Right, OK. And they stop working, I think, after about three or four months of use, daily use. I think, plug them in, they don't heat up. They only work for about four months. They've been sitting in a drawer waiting for somebody to take the initiative. Right. And I've thrown them away or get them fixed. I, I believe, I hope, that the brands that we love, the brands that a lot of people talk about, 
are often the ones that are making more of an effort for people to keep them. So it's not just about the brand in terms of the advertising and, and just being cool. It's, it's also to do with that company comes back to me and says, are you still happy with your product? Is there anything we, we can do? You know, is it, does it need fixing? Does it need upgrading? And I think particularly because there's a lot more technology these days in terms of being able to understand how people are using products and also for people to give feedback to the brands about, I'm not happy, actually. It broke two months later and, you know, I paid a lot of money for it and it broke and brand X, I'm going to shame you on Twitter and say it's just not good enough. And because there's that feedback loop that didn't exist previously, then I think that the good brands are waking up to the realization that design of products is an enduring relationship. Right. And in the future, it's going to be more and more important that you look after your customer because your customer can turn on you in a in a second if they want to. Right. The thing is not quite right. It says error. Do we have power here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll try to do something else, which is to reinstall this one. What What do you think makes a, a sustainable design. It's a really, it's a, quite a tricky question. Yeah, we can break it down into other so questions. So I'm going to try and break it down a little bit yeah. and start by saying that I worked on quite a big project, let's see, about seven or eight years ago now, which was championed by the company as a sustainable initiative. So the reason that the investment was put into the project is our company is going to openly talk about how sustainable we are and how we're trying to create more sustainable products. So it was a a key focus of the project. The design team at the beginning of that project did a lot of research about what does sustainability mean to people? What are the things that we could do? What are the materials we should be using? Mm -hmm. What are the manufacturing methods in terms of not only how easy is it to put together, but is it is it easy to disassemble? Is it possible that we could use materials that already have recycled content in them so that we're taking recycled plastics and bringing them back into the design of the product? The truth is there's a very long list of things that you can do right. to make a product more sustainable. But for any business, it comes down to what, what suits in terms of what's easy to do, what's difficult to do, what will take more money at the front end, what might take more planning at the back end in terms of the business model may need to change a little bit in order to achieve a more sustainable product. Inevitably, as you're going through a project, you have to shorten that list and decide, well, what are the things that we're really going to do in order to create this particular sustainable product? Part of the issue is education, definitely, is that not only do designers need to know more about what makes a sustainable product, the whole business organization needs to understand more about how to create sustainable products because the designer might come up with the look or the functionality, but there's a whole team of people in terms of the people who purchase the materials, there's the finance people who who decide 
how much of a margin you're going to make on each project. There's the marketing people and the sales people who are figuring out how to bring this to customers. Right. And the human resources department in terms of understanding how many people are making this and where are those people located and you know what is the right amount of money that each of those people should make and, right. and what, who's part of our organization and who do we hire in from outside. So there are many different decisions and many different people that affect that network that define what is a sustainable product. And from a design perspective, the more that you understand about what the whole organization does, the more likely that you can create a really strong sustainable design. Because so much good design is about understanding the whole network and how that system comes together to create a product in order to create a really good product. I'm trying to look for a software that might come to our rescue and trying to tell the printer to only use one color instead of all of them right. when printing, but I haven't found Sony. such a thing yet. A lot of products are designed to be cheap and designed to be fast. Right. Fast and cheap usually isn't sustainable. Right. There are situations like, for example, a plastic milk bottle where it is designed to be fast and cheap and sustainable to serve a purpose in terms of holding your milk to the point where you can pour it in your tea, pour it in your breakfast, and when it's empty, you throw it in the recycling and it goes straight back into the material stream to make new milk bottles. Right. And because milk bottles are a certain material, they're only ever used for milk, it's a virtuous loop. It's a very simple reuse of that material. It just gets cleaned granulated and reused but it's actually quite rare that that happens with other products because typically products are made from a wide variety of materials and it typically it's quite difficult to break them down into their constituent materials in order to be able to reuse those materials in in a recycled way that's why for more complicated products it's better to provide some kind of service to maintain the product maybe to upgrade it so yes if it needs software updates or if it needs a new display or if the outside gets scuffed and needs to be replaced then I, I would argue that it's in a brand's best interest to provide that service to the customer so that people come back to your brand instead of people throwing your brand in the bin and essentially abandoning you and right. saying, right. I'm not buying another one of those, that was useless. Right. Now that we have complex social media and, and complex data capture in terms of brands' understanding about how pr people are using their products, then it's a natural progression that people will no longer be willing to be shut out of their products Yes, we like things to be sleek, but we want to be able to keep those things. So how's it, how's it going there? You were opening the it up. The problem is we can't get it open. Uh, I've quite strong, really, but I can't shift it. And if I, if I give it even more welly, it's basically going to damage either Break the, the screw head right. or, the, or the driver. So. Okay. Yeah, so you can't get in? I can't get in, no. A real challenge for Apple in creating this new Apple Watch is that people's watches 
have lasted for for years, right? Know, tens of years, hundreds of years. It's a, a watch is something that you want to be able to pass to the next generation. I'll probably get my dad's watch and, and I'll cherish it because it's personal. And it's just not acceptable to create a watch and have it become redundant in two or three years' time. Mm. So Apple cannot apply the same rules that they've used for iPads and mobile phones to a watch because a watch already has a character that endures. And if their watch doesn't endure, well, it's not like other watches then, is it? It's not a very good watch. And it's an interesting thing what you're saying about feeling shut out of products as well because the, the, the interesting thing about the kind of products you're talking about is we put so much of ourselves into those products yeah. that when we're shut out of them, that's a very, very complex kind of emotional situation. You know, you're, you're shut off from your diary, yes. from your friends, yes. from, from, from your, like, from all of your thoughts that you've had for the last, like, yes. year or so, you know. Yeah, so much of our identity is virtual and, it, and it's right there in, in the electronic right. object. I do believe that this is uh, a change that we're going through and that strong brands will realize that they need to support people's relationship with, with all of their virtual stuff and therefore the object has to endure. And, and there's, there's value in a new business model that supports people being able to keep their products for longer. As washing machines get cheaper, it doesn't mean that they're as good as the washing machines that used to cost two or three hundred pounds more. Right. So they've been cost reduced and that cost reduction process, often engineers have their arm twisted behind their back to say, we need to get cost out of this product. How are we going to do it? And parts are made thinner or different materials are used. And ultimately, the, the shift moves away from we need to design this so that it's serviceable towards we need to design this so that the cost remains competitive to these products that are coming in from wherever it may be. As products become cheaper, they become less durable. There's a lot of pressure anywhere in the world to reduce the cost and often quality takes a hit and the product doesn't last and that has a consequence. We oh. came to a conclusion, yeah. which is that actually going in the forums, uh, it, you are told that this is a feature. Black cartridge is full, and we just need to we need to print just in black, and we cannot. You got a term, you need to print the tickets, plane tickets to go somewhere, you have a brand new cartridge, and still you can't. Right. So, frustrating. One way to look at it would be actually to reconsider whether we do need inkjet printers at all or whether it might be more efficient to simply have a laser printer with its toner and when you do need to print a picture in color you can always actually have it printed by an online service it's basically a circle to try to get you to buy more and more ink yep. than you need. We will never buy another printer that way and we will also try to refill the cartridge somewhere else. So right. they're not going to get our money anyway. They're just preventing us to use their own products, which is against their interest. Are we starting to see this idea of a circular economy being taken on by the design industry and by... by yeah, definitely. By Literally in the last three or four years, there's been a really noticeable build in the interest 
you know, not only from major brands who obviously have a vested interest, they have a, they have a lot of product, they need to have a strong relationship with consumers, but also from entrepreneurs realizing that there's a new opportunity here. For example, there are some new factories that essentially take people's products and in a similar way to restart parties, they'll have a look at the products and where they can fix them, they'll fix them. And where they can't fix them, they'll disassemble them and they'll create new materials by recycling the parts. So there are entrepreneurs realizing that there's far more money in keeping products out of landfill than there is in putting them into landfill. Right. So I think I understand what a circular economy is now. And I've got a bit more of an idea about the challenges and new thoughts going on within the world of product design. But with our clips from the restart party, that also made me think about a different kind of circle where manufacturers produce stuff that we consume and we run out of the resources as we continue to pay more and more money for things that we do not need. So I guess not all circles are good circles. In future episodes, we'll be telling stories about and around what Restart does and documenting some of the fixing and learning that happens at Restart parties. So you're invited to come back to join me for that party, but today's Restart party is over. So it's time to pack up the equipment and say goodbye to each other. Bye, everybody.